0: everybody and welcome back to another episode of At The Movies with William Fletcher, your host William Fletcher and this week I, it's part two of the uh, look at Alexander Payne's uh, directorial filmography and as he joined me uh, in last week's episode he is joining me for part two for this week uh, Mr. Zach Ruggiero.
1: Hello hello, glad to be back.
0: And uh, first and so that's So we're going to be looking, uh, this week, we're going to be looking at The Descendants, Nebraska, Downsizing, and The Holdovers will be what we're looking at uh, for this week's episode. But also, I want to say that this is an anniversary episode. This is the the beginning of the fourth year that uh, I've been doing this podcast for now. So so thank you, Zach, for joining me for this uh, this special occasion, four years. Glad to be a
1: part of history. That's... Four years is crazy. Wow.
0: Week. So, yeah. Um, So, we're going to start right off uh, with The Descendants. Um, uh, Actually, to to, to quickly touch on, if you you didn't listen to last week's episode, I am fairly whatever on Alexander Payne. Zach, you are a a massive fan. Uh, I mean, you're the reason we are doing this. You, You pushed for this to be done on the show so so that's why we have chosen to do these talk about these films um
1: and we we got into it on a couple a uh, couple different ones like sideways you could really see my deep emotional connection with some of his films that one in particular compared to you it's i don't i feel like it would be wrong to say you have a distaste for his work because it does seem like you do like his work you have an appreciation for it you just don't quite have the same Level of connection
0: that Brian yeah I yeah yeah I I yeah I don't dislike what he makes I just don't connect with it and I and I think it it yeah I, I don't connect with it in a way that people seem to but yeah I I don't dislike him as a, as a filmmaker um you know as a person you know things that have been said that I'm like mm, that's not good but yeah it, it's sort of just a yeah, we don't have that uh, yeah, we don't yeah but I, I don't yeah I, I don't have a I, I think he is good at what he does he just doesn't quite get to that he's not like a top tier filmmaker for me you know he's not like an all time great in my eyes uh, yeah. in a way that yeah, he, he is for uh, other people but um, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, or maybe you don't remember, Zach, you, you said, if I recall correctly, you said that you you reckon, uh, you, you thought that I could like The Descendants, you thought The Descendants could end up being my favorite film of his, if I remember I did correctly. think that,
1: yes, because um, you had not seen it yet when we recorded that episode, and I, I had a feeling yeah. that you would like it more than many of his others.
0: So yeah, I watched that for the first time, like uh last week technically um but i, I yeah so I, I i sort of yeah so the, so the descendants that's what we're talking about first um you know best picture nominee. you know it seems like every pretty much not every year but a lot of years Alexander Payne gets a film into best picture you know he gets nominated for writing you know he, he sort of is able to get films into the Oscars race into the Oscars conversation. Um. Uh, and so yeah, I, I watched The Descendants for the first time yeah a few days ago, and uh, I I prefer Election, but I do really like The Descendants. I I, I did really really enjoy it, and I thought that yeah, it, it's my second favorite Alexander Payne film.
1: Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of it too, obviously, as I am with most of his films.
0: Yeah, a very solid movie. you know, I think it is very solid. I think there's a lot uh to like in it.
1: Strong screenplay, yeah, definitely. Good win. This is one of my four favorites from him, definitely. Uh it it's maybe my all-time favorite George Clooney performance. I think he's spectacular in this from Uh, the beginning when he's sort of like a detached dad from his family and he's really focused on his work and you could tell he's going through a midlife crisis as many alexander Payne lead males are and i think he Mm -hmm. plays perfectly the evolution of this character from a detached dad who really has to step up and pick up the slack when his wife goes into the coma and he Mm -hmm. um you really buy his growing connection with his daughters as the film goes on, and his struggle with, as he finds out, as what is really the main the main arc of the film, he finds out that his wife was cheating on him right before she did go into the coma. And so he's grappling with that, the fact that he still loves his wife, uh, having to ha- have a, maintain a stronger relationship with his daughters, and just the exasperation over this massive business deal that's going to be going down soon. For him it's mm. i think it's a really strong performance
0: yeah I, I think george clooney's sort of one of those actors he's sort of like in a brad pitt type actor for me In that he's not necessarily like the greatest actor in the world but he just has that movie star charm and charisma uh, yeah not to say that he's a bad actor or to say that brad pitt's a bad actor but they yeah they have that that charisma and charm that sort of helps carry them through performances but I do think he gives a very good performance. It's probably my favorite performance in any Alexander Payne film. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Okay, I, I can't. I can't argue with that. That's good. That's it's a really good one.
0: And and, and uh, I think this is a film that yeah is dealing. You know, it's a film about grief and and having to come to to terms with, um, yeah, the fact that his for those of you who haven't seen it yet, yeah, his uh, George Clooney, yeah, his wife is yeah, uh, sort of as you mentioned there, his wife is in a coma is going to die Uh, and then it's just sort of uh, how George Clooney sort of deals with that and then he you know he sort of learns more about who his wife was and wants to yeah sort of come to terms with things and um, you know and you know reconnect with his with his kid and everything you know so I think it's a lot of ideas that I, I really like sort of at play here
1: some me as well it hits a lot of my sensibilities there's it's it's i wouldn't call it hilarious but it's funny in moments there's some good there's some good jokes it's dark it's like you said it does a really good job of dealing with grief and it's just it's a solid portrait of a man whose life is going in ways that he never would have expected and it's just all unfurling in front of him and another good performance in this is uh, Shailene Woodley who I can not say I'm the biggest fan of my first uh, introduction to her was in the Divergent movie uh, which I saw which was weirdly one of the first movies I saw in theaters where I was like oh okay movies can be bad because you know when you're a kid you see any movie in theaters and you're like oh that was great like it was just fun to see something on the big screen but I vividly remember that being one of the first movies I watched where I was like Alright, well that sucked. And um I'm pretty sure this came out before Divergent, but I obviously didn't see it when yeah. I was eleven when it came out. So I saw it after I saw Divergent and I was like, oh wow, so she can act because I think she's quite good in this as his daughter.
0: Yeah, um I think she, yeah, gives a really uh yeah, solid performance. Uh I I I think sort of as as a in a sort of a general sense, I think all the cast give a really uh, really That's solid. Um, it's you know, and, and 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 not many of them are like particularly amazing. I know that I, I I think rather I I think that they're all doing a solid. They they all do a solid job, but yeah. But besides George Cluny, none of them really stand. Oh, I I was surprised that Matthew Lillard was in it because I didn't know yeah, he was that in was... it. That's a fun
1: surprise. I didn't. I didn't. I had no idea about that either when I first watched it. And then he shows and up. Think, and I'm Like his oh, name's Matthew
0: in the Lillard. opening. Yeah, his name is in the opening credits. And I, I was watching. And I was looking at the opening credits, and I was like, "What in the?" F-? And I was like, "What the fuck?" Matthew <laughs> Lillard's in this. I didn't know that. I, I. I don't think. Like, and I was like, "This is interesting," because I. I didn't think. Yeah, it was like this is, huh um but i i think that yeah i think it it really this film it's it's a you know it it it, it zipped along for me i i uh, and it's close to two hours but it completely zipped along i never really found but i was sort of every now and again i checked the runtime and i'm like holy shit it's been like 20 minutes like like it's like but it doesn't feel like so like it's like it's it's moved past and something like, oh, it's only been twenty minutes. What the fuck? Yeah, it feels like a lot. Yes. It, it sort of moves at a, at a pace of like it 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 doesn't feel slow. And it's and this is a film that could theoretically be a bit slow because it's not really that big of a film. It's just like people dealing with grief and and, and shit. But it's it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. um, Yeah, it doesn't. It's not, and it it is a bit meandering, as all of Alexander Payne's films generally are. But it doesn't feel. It's not like uninteresting or boring. It it really sort of uses its runtime effectively. It 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 sort of moves at a. Yeah, it moves at at a fast pace, relatively so. But it doesn't. But it doesn't feel like everything. Sort of feels sort of um like. It doesn't feel like it sort of skips over things that are supposed to. Like it feels like the emotional beats work. You know, the the, the more light-hearted comedic beats work. You know, it doesn't sacrifice those kinds of moments just for the quick pace. It it those moments still fit are there, and you can feel them, and they feel more and they feel earned in a way that I I don't find with a lot of pains films.
1: It's it's it is paced very well. I, it might be, besides maybe election, I think this maybe is his best paced film. Because even though, like, I have, I love Sideways and I have this deep personal connection with it, I can't, I can't really argue with the people who think that film can be a little meandering. Well, this one, I just, I think it's far tighter.
0: Yeah. it, It, it sort of feels like this is the one time that I feel like Alexander Payne is able to balance comedy and, and, and sort of drama. And 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 maybe that is just because there's two other people writing. Like maybe Matt Faxon and Jim Rash are just really great writers who who can who are able to balance that more because they're sort of the only really new thing to this film. They're the only ones that are really like sort of the um yeah, new element being added to the, the film. And I think that's yeah, I I, I I do really like it. I think it's I think it's Somewhere in my top 10 of 2011, um, which to be fair, was not a particularly strong year for film. I, I think 2011 is one of those weird years where it's like there's like a handful of like gems in there. But it it's a generally like, I don't know, people, it, 2011 is never a year to me that stands out as like, oh, this is a great year of film.
1: No, it's not a very strong year. Yeah. And even if you look at like the Oscar field, it's pretty... It's pretty dismal overall. Besides this film, which yeah, I love. and I love Moneyball too. But a lot like the uh, Artist I, won Best Picture, and like yeah. uh, when was I, the last I liked... time someone talked about the Artist? Like twenty yeah, thirteen.
0: I I liked I liked Moneyball, but I think this is of the three because I've only seen um, this film. I've only seen The Descendants, Hugo, and Moneyball. But like fucking War Horse, people don't like War Horse. Oh extremely God. loud and incredibly close. I've heard nothing but bad things about. Uh, yeah, film. The no. Artist, you know, The Help, Tree of Life, Midnight, Paris, like, none of the people don't talk about these films, really. Uh, in, a, in And it's interesting how this is sort of a very, it, this seems like a year of, like, that nobody talks about. Like, this is just a year that, like, just doesn't exist for a lot of people, because like, there's nothing here to talk about. Like, if you look at, like, other categories, like Best Animated or something, like, that, that's far more talked about as a like just the film's nominee for animated feature, for example. But I, I think I think, yeah, the Descendants is very easily my favourite of those three. And I mean I'll watch the rest. I, I, I do plan to eventually have watched every best picture nominee. Um but it just doesn't look like a particularly strong lineup. Um and, yeah, and I don't even the think feature, the descendants is and I don't th- even think The Descendants is that amazing. I-, I-, I think it's like a solid film. And I do think that the Oscars should be a bit more than just a solid film. I, I think uh, it they should, you know, like, might my, my f- shouldn't just be like a solid film. It should be like an incredible, f- you know, it should be more than that. But The Descendants, I think a lot of what it's... Um, I think sort of in the first like 15 minutes where he finds it, to be fair, the, the film sort of did peak for me emotionally sort of very early on when he finds out that, like, she is going to die. Like, there's nothing he can do. I think, like, that's when the film sort of peaked for me emotionally and just sort of in general was, like, and then that was very early on in the film. So it, it was kind of a bit like, okay, this is, like, the peak of the film and then it sort of... I don't want to say peters out or becomes less good, but it's sort of, like, this is sort of... That's sort of the first... That's the one bit that I was like, okay, this is like actually really great, and then it sort of is like it didn't quite get to a level beyond that for me.
1: See, I really love um, I think my favorite scene, and what I would call the peak of the film, is I really do love the Matthew Lillard scene and Judy Greer when they go over to their house, and um, they're lying to Judy Greer so that he can get a minute alone with Matthew Lillard. And I, I do... I. Really like that scene. I think it's a strong five minutes or whatever of acting from Matthew Lillard. It's just if I think of this film, that is the number one scene that sticks in my head.
0: Yeah, I, I know. Because again, maybe it's just because the film sort of peaked to me early on, but I just was not able. I just didn't quite connect with it more as it as it went on. And I, 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 but I, I do like it. I like. I, I feel like I'm sort of. Complain about it, but I do like this film a lot. I think I think the um, you, you mentioned Shailene Woodley, but I also thought the other daughter. I thought also she was fairly decent, like, for like a child performance. I thought she was fairly good because because yeah. generally I don't think yeah child performances are that great. I I was annoyed though because they were saying twat instead of twat. I'm like that's not how you say that. It's fucking twat. That's how you say that that's word. That's that. And of like, you filthy Americans! It's not how you said that, yep. word. but we do that. Um, but I thought, yeah, all the the the, the performances were all good. I, I didn't dislike any performance really. I thought it was a, it, it was a really nice melancholic film. I felt. I think it sort of to talk. I mean, we'll we'll get onto this in a minute. But Nebraska also felt very like it was trying to be a very melancholic film, but it just did not connect for me in that same way. Did I think this film really and because sort of, I, I think yeah, this the ideas of grief and loss and and how people react to it and how they like, deal with it and how I have to get over that is is a far more interesting uh, uh, idea to me as opposed to oh I've just won some money and I'm going on a road trip to get this money you know and I, and I know that's a bit reductive from Nebraska and we'll get to that momentarily but I I think. And the, yeah just dealing with loss and and, and 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 analyzing how it affects people is a, a an incredibly interesting discussion and I think this film it's not like this is like the greatest film that deals with that concept or anything, but I think it does it a lot better than it than i've I've seen it done much worse uh, I'll say that I've seen it done much, much worse in, in film and in TV and everything I've seen much worse stories that deal with grief and loss.
1: Yeah, it's um if I find it weird to me now that like obviously it was a huge Oscar player at the time, but now when people retrospectively look back at Payne's career, I people are kind of not as kind to this one. A lot of times they think it's more a more minor work for him. And I don't really get that because like you, I think it's one of his best
0: interesting because i I do think that is a yeah it's interesting because i think that is a very yeah that's interesting that it's seen as like lesser like it's not seen as much of a great film and i think it is most
1: people rank it like middle of his filmography when nebraska came out it was um a lot of a lot of critics were talking like oh this is a return to form for pain and i just i i do find that quite
0: odd yeah, I, I do really like The Descendants, and I think it yeah, there's a lot of great uh, uh, moments to it. And, it, like, you know, even though it does peak early on, it's still very engaging, and there's still a lot of nice scenes. I do like the, the sort of ending where they've got the, the blanket that she had, and they're all just eating ice. cream. Like, I think that's a nice sort of way to sort of end the film. I think, yeah, it's a really good film. I give it a, a, an 8 out of 10.
1: Yeah, this is uh this is one of my favorites like sideways in my like, collection. It's up there in the top 3 or 4 of his films for me. It's a 10 for me.
0: Very yeah. very high praise, but I'm I'm not that surprised cuz you are a very big fan. Like this is yeah, if you ha- like again, if you haven't listened to part 1, go, go listen to that one cuz it's just more just more praise from Zach's end of Alexander Payne's yeah. films. So then uh, we moved on. Move on to Nebraska, which I watched last night, and I I don't it it it. This is a very meandering film, and that's not an inherently bad thing. I, I'm not against films that are meandering or, or, or slow necessarily, but I didn't connect with this film that much. Yeah,
1: my- I have been on kind of a Kind of a self-journey with this film because the first time i watched it several years back i was not a very big fan of it i like you i found it meandering i just couldn't quite get into it i thought the black and white was a bit of an odd choice like i just yeah i, was, I, I hadn't seen like downsizing yet or citizen ruth but it ranked at the bottom of my pain of my pain mm-hmm. list when i had first it because I just for whatever reason there just there was something about it that I could not get into but I've watched it three times now so the two times I've watched it since then I gave it another shot and I have grown to be a much bigger fan of it now. I don't think it's as good as the Descendants or Sideways or any of those. Like I don't think it's in top 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 tier of his works but I do think now I've come to the opinion that I think it's really solid and it doesn't, the reason that I don't consider it in that top tier is it does not hit me as emotionally as those other ones do. I think it's really charming. I think it's incredibly watchable. I have a really good time throughout the entire runtime. Like, I'm never bored watching this film. I think all the performances mm-hmm. are really strong. I saw in your letterbox review that you shouted out June Squibb specifically, and I really agree mm-hmm. with that. I like that she got an Oscar nomination for this a lot. I think she's really fun in this. I think my favorite scene in the whole film might be when they're at the cemetery and they're just kind of letting her cook a little bit, and she's uh, talking about all uh, she's talking about all the people who were dead at the cemetery and when she knew them and her relationships to them, and she's just been she's just been really funny in that moment. It's uh, yeah, I've I'm positive on it, but not as glowing as I am about The Descendants. Is my overall thoughts.
0: Yeah, I I think this is sort of one of yeah the weaker pain films for me. I I, I think it it doesn't yeah, I, and I don't dislike it. I I don't think it's a bad film, uh, but I do sort of think like there's not that much about it that I am particularly enamored with. Like I I don't don't understand why it's in black and white. Uh, I don't know if I was just. There was some sort of theme about it that I was missing, but it did not strike me as a film that needed to be in black and white.
1: Yeah, I I think that I still don't 100% get it either. I think it's just he's sort of harkening back to like an old timey style of filmmaking because it's really it's a very like a tradition based film really like he's it's an old guy talking about his past or like th- reminiscing about his past basically so i guess i get it from that thematic perspective but i still don't think it's ultimately super necessary i mean it's pretty to look at it's well shot i don't i do agree that it's not like the most necessary thing
0: yeah it's 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 an interesting decision because i i find using black and white cinematography now i feel like, is a bit it's, it, it, no, not a bit gimmicky, it's very gimmicky. I I really just think it's... Yeah, I just think it's a massive gimmick, to be completely honest. It doesn't... Like, I can't think of sort of the thematic reason as to why it's in black and white. Here, it doesn't really... Add much and like you know, it's a decently short movie. But and I mean, it got nominated for best cinematography at the Oscars. Uh, but but the, the film's yeah, also nominated. Yeah, June Squibb, I thought yeah, she was very easily the best part of the film. A particularly amazing performance, but a, a, a but you know a solid performance and, and very far and away my favorite sort of element of the film was her performance. I thought she brought a really nice sort of comedic edge to the film. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Dern nominated for Best Actor for this film. I, I thought he was all right. I, I, I didn't, I, the, again, this, I just did not connect with this film is, is like the real thing is I just did not connect with the film. And it's, yeah, worked for me in a way that it, yeah, there's uh, a lot it of people
1: who love this Bruce Stern performance and think that like he should have won the Oscar. And I can't say I'm in that camp. I think I agree with you actually that June Squibb is my favorite performance in the film. She's just very scene stealery, and I appreciate that a lot about it. But I do. I think everyone's like it's Will Forte. Uh, that performance easily could have gone very wrong. Like I remember when I first saw it and saw that Will Forte was ultimately the lead or a lead, and I was like, oh my god, like this might go horribly. But I, he he holds his own. He does okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a very, he's sort of more of a comedy guy, and, he, and this is not really a comedy performance. It's a really sort of, yeah, big, dramatic performance. But I think he does a, a good job, like, in this role, you know. Um, he's ultimately, yeah, he's like, not...
1: the straight man, and he, which is not a typical role for him. Like, he's usually, yeah. like, the big comedic guy. But here he he does a pretty good job of it.
0: Yeah, uh, we've also got Bob Odenkirk. Yep. It's just nice to see Bob Odenkirk and things whenever he shows up. But yeah, uh, I mean... one
1: thing that I do want to hear your thoughts on that is this, this is a he- this is a common critique of the film that people, mm-hmm. even people who really like the film, give it. They think it's kind of mean spirited to um, people from Nebraska, people from the Midwest. And I know obviously you're not American, so you don't have no, like right. the most interaction with these people at all. But would you say that the film is? Mean-spirited in tone, because I really don't think so. I actually think it paints a pretty loving picture of that of that region. Because uh, like Bruce Dern is like longing for his past uh of having grown up there, and that and that last sequence of him driving down is him like reminiscing about his past fondly. Like I don't think the film is mean-spirited at all, personally.
0: I didn't really take that from the film. I I don't know, but I I, I it, the thing is, I watch. When I watch a film and then I read stuff about a film and people are like, oh, this was, you know, if a film, if someone, if a review says like, oh, this was so, like, sexist or whatever. And I'm like, was it? And and I'm like, am I just too much of, is it because I'm a guy and I don't see that thing? But then I I, I don't, I think a lot of people, not all the time, but I do definitely think there are some people who take things from movies that aren't necessarily that, like, is there any, like, do they speak? specifically reference anything specifically that's mean-spirited about them or is it just sort of a general this is a mean-spirited
1: they think that they think the portrayal of like the cousins that they go and like stay with uh like those two twins you know who i'm talking about like the the heavy set guys they think that like that's a mean-spirited portrayal of midwestern folk and like I don't really what? think so. It's just saying, like, those people exist. Like, they're... It's not saying all Nebraskans are stupid. Like, it's just saying that there are some, like, dim-witted assholes who live in that area as...
0: as yeah, live in any every, area. There's... if everyone who lived there was portrayed that way, then that would be, like, a... I think that would be more valid, but it doesn't really... I didn't really feel that, like, that they were portrayed... that they were all portrayed as, like, idiots, you know? It... it I, I don't know, I, I think it it's a weird thing to get, it's also a weird thing to get upset over, I feel like. Like, I don't, and I think it's also because, like, they're sort of more of an antagonistic force, so it's like, they kind of exactly, have to Exactly, like those played. guys are not good people. Yeah, like, they're not meant to like them, but it's, it's like, it doesn't show that other uh, Nebraskan people, like, to be that way. There's like his Bruce Dern's like act is like one of the other like women that he was with. You know, she's portrayed as a very nice, you know, she's not portrayed in a particularly negative light. Like she she's actually portrayed as a very positive, sort of yeah, more optimistic and and and, and understanding character than anything, really. She's not portrayed as yeah, there's anything worse than that. And I think it's a that's a very bizarre sort of critique to make of the film, because I don't think that is... Yeah, I don't know, maybe I just didn't... And I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm not from Nebraska, but I just don't really think that's a particularly fair critique to make on that film. And I also don't think it really is relevant. I I, I don't think... The film isn't sort of about shitting on people from Nebraska, it's more just this guy trying to 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 get this you know million dollar prize, and it's sort of a melancholic look back at his life, really. Like that's what the film is. I th- you know I think yeah I, while I didn't really connect the film, I, I do think again it, it did move at, it it moved at a fast pace. It 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 doesn't feel you know, and it's close to two hours, but it doesn't f- really feel that like I sort of it was engage it was engaging enough to watch i just again it doesn't have the emotional connection that i i feel like it's supposed to have and i just i just yeah didn't connect with it and i i think it and, and like i i i th- in theory i kind of should because it is a film about sort of melancholy um, it's a very melancholic film sort of looking on the past and reflecting and I, that's a that's a like i really love that as a concept as an idea of looking back on your life and saying like is this you know like being you know are you content with your life you know with your past and, and all these sorts of ideas but it just doesn't yeah let, it just doesn't work for me in a way that i i wish it did but you know it, it is a it is a good film i think it is a a uh, buy I, I also think this is probably one of the, i think it's probably my second to third least favorite pain film i think it's probably second least favorite i think about schmidt is just slightly weaker um but i, I don't think that partic- either are particularly amazing films personally i i i don't yeah and i think yeah, I, I i've, I've seen yeah, most of Alexander Payne's films now, and I just have to sort of admit that he's not, like, my kind of filmmaker, really. He's, um, I mean, he's only made eight films,
1: and this is not in the top half for me. So, well, even though I do think it's strong, uh, I think I ultimately have the same hand—the same hang-up as you, even though I do like it a little bit more, in that the emotional connection isn't there that it is with his top-tier films. So I mean I have this pretty much smack dab in the middle of his filmography because it's at fifth for me, but because he's only made eight films, it's a bottom half.
0: Yeah, I I, I um and I I do like the sort of ending where he sort of gets the you know where Will I gets him the things that he wants. You know he he gets the. Uh, he gets the yeah the car and the 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 compressor and it, like he gets those things and I do think that's a nice sort of way to end the film that like you know even though he didn't win that that million dollars you know which is what he's going to do you know that's the whole point of this um I think it really yeah I, I think it's a nice ending like, I think the the film again is is just it's so close to being something I would yeah love but it just does not work it just doesn't quite like I I get this a lot with films where I'm like it's so close to being something I love it just sort of doesn't quite get over the sort of the 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 hump and get on the other side of that it's always like it's always it's like halfway to being something I love it just doesn't stick the landing and that's sort of how I felt with uh yeah this film really
1: yeah it's something that I could see myself revisiting when I'm like 20 years older and maybe like loving because then I think the themes would hit me a lot harder. Uh, Reminiscing on the past, regret, uh, wanting like the melancholic feeling of like searching for contentment because like ultimately even though he's looking, he's trying to get a million dollars. Like what he's really searching for is a contentment that he feels has passed him by in his old age. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think I this is a film that I could see myself appreciating more in the future and where I'm at with it right now is I really like it, but thematic poignancy of it is not quite there for me
0: that it is with yeah. his other works and i think this is a film that you could possibly get more out of sort of the older you get i think it's a film that like and there are certain films that i've seen where i'm like okay i like this but i could see myself getting more enjoyment out of this when i'm uh at an older when i'm older you know and i I've, I've had I've, been, I've had more years of life experience and everything you know i sort of feel like that happen, and i but I also don't really have much desire to rewatch this film now. Like it, it's sort of like this is a film I'll probably I'll, I might watch again in like five years or something, maybe more than that because it just doesn't really have like 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 the only Alexander Payne films I really see myself rewatching like sort of in the near future would probably be The Descendants and Election, possibly Sideways, but I don't know. But I do, yeah. I, I give Nebraska a seven, but it's. Yeah, one of his weakest films for me. Very easily. Yeah, I'm
1: just slightly higher on it than you, I get it on eight.
0: We I did not quite get the time to watch downsizing, but I also have not heard a good word about it. So I'm not I know I, 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 I know you've seen it, but I've not heard a good word on downsizing.
1: It's um it's definitely an interesting piece of his filmography i uh, it. Um, and it was a really weird premiere when it happened because this film came out in 2017, I believe, and it premiered at the Venice Film Festival. And when it premiered at, Ve- it was tabbed as a huge Oscar contender before it came out because obviously it's Alexander Payne. Every Alexander Payne film is going to be thought of as a big Oscar contender before it comes out. And then it premiered That's in Venice, cool. and to like raves. Like, it had, like, a 90 on Metacritic coming out of Venice. Other audiences saw it, and that score just tanked. And now it's in, like, the 60s or the high 50s even. It is by far his most critically critically and publicly reviled film.
0: Yeah, I had a look. It's got, like, a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes, I think. Yeah. Which I would imagine is... (laughs) Far and away, his worst or It's got like yeah. a, it's got five point eight on IMDb. Like it's not a, it's a very big drop. Like all all because sort of all his other films on IMDb are sort of hovering around like the seven point something out of ten, sort of in around that range. Um, but yeah, yeah it's it's I've not heard yet yeah, a, a good thing about it. And is there like is it well? Because because you've seen it, so I, I just sort of want to know like what is it specifically about the film that doesn't look like why does it. Why is there such the dislike for it? Because it's, I don't think I've talked to a single person who does like it. it it's at best sort of people like like it's like mediocre all the way down That's to cool. this is a fucking piece of shit. Like everyone to like, this is a terrible film.
1: And yeah. uh, I, I, I don't want to call it like an abject disaster because I don't believe it is. I know there's a lot of people who will call it that but there's enough here that is interesting to me. And I think he really wanted to take a big swing because it's not like the other films in his filmography at all. It is far more high concept with the whole like shrinking yourself, the small community thing. Mm. And I think the biggest reason that people hate it so much and my biggest problem with it is it is messy. It The first half mm-hmm. of the film is when they're setting up. Uh, The idea that him and his wife, Matt Damon and his wife, who played by Kristen Wiig, they get the idea that they want to shrink down because they're not in the best financial situation. And when you shrink Mm -hmm. down, uh, your money is worth more because everything's cheaper when you're smaller. And the whole reason it's even that this is even invented as a process is because of um, overpopulation. And it's a way to combat global. And so this is all of what the first half of the deal. And it's a lot more... character-centric on Matt Damon as sort of, like, the schmuck who, like many Alexander Payne's kind of in a midlife crisis, except he's far less interesting than, like, Paul Giamatti in Sideways, or George Clooney in The Descendants, or Jack Nicholson in About Schmidt. He's just... He's kind of, like, just being Matt Damon, like, schmucky everyman. He's not really playing a deep or layered character at all. And then Mm -hmm. when they get into the small world, they shrink down. It just, it veers in too many weird directions. Like, he meets Christoph Waltz, who's, like, this weird playboy uh, who gets, takes him to, who invites him to a party, and then he goes on, like, this weird drug trip. He meets Han Chow, who's an environmentalist who's uh, trying to help the, um, because the small community also has, like, impoverished people, and it becomes, in the third act, he's trying to make this big political and social statement on... Like, poverty, and class division, and, like, wealth inequality, and all this stuff. And oh
0: my, yeah. Jesus Christ, this sounds this is like is too much. Like, this seems but like way too much.
1: He had too many ideas, and I think it either one, either one of his biggest ideas in this film could have worked. Make it a character study about Matt Damon, and his separation from his wife, and him going into a small community, and him sort of having to learn to live with himself, and be happy again as he goes through a midlife crisis. Make that movie or make the political satire about global warming and about wealth inequality and about all this stuff. They don't work mm-hmm. together. It's too messy. And I do think both could operate as good ideas. We've seen good films about people going through divorces and midlife crises. We've seen good films that are about um, like satires with social statements about topics like global warming we've seen good films in both those camps and i i believe alexander Payne could make a good film about either of those things definitely it just trying to do it together just didn't work man like it's <laughs> some people have called this "as babylon because babylon is another film that has a lot of haters and think it's really messy and trying to do too much i love babylon but Not
0: i can see the grateful. comparison well
1: i can see nice. the comparison just in um how like just he's trying to do too much he's taking a real big swing and i appreciate that i like when directors do that and they don't just play it safe but here it just does not come
0: together i i, I will watch it because i am a a complete like if i you know i will watch this film because and i'll watch citizen ruth as well actually because i am a completionist of, a, of you know if i uh, you know, because he's a he's a big enough name where I feel like yeah, I should watch everything he makes. Well, all his features, anyway. Yes. But but how does it work? Like perform like do the are the performances good or is it just like the 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 whole film across the board just sort of is a bit of a mess? I
1: like the performances. None of them stand out as like best of Alexander Payne's films or anything. Uh, Han Chow, it's it's a bit odd to me that she is the one who got Oscar buzz. Like, even though the film was a massive flop, she did almost get nominated. She got several precursors leading up to the Oscars, and she was close to getting a nomination. And I think that's a bit... uh, She's ultimately a comedic performance. It's dicey. Like, some people think that the film's a bit racially problematic in how they portray her, because a lot of the comedy is sort of just based around her accent or how she perceives things. Because she um, she speaks very broken English in the film, because she's a... Um, I believe she's an immigrant. It minds that for comedy a lot, which sometimes is funny mm. in the film and how it's played. But I do get why some people think it's racially problematic, and I don't think a it's bit. a performance that needs yeah, to be I nominated. Interesting... Matt Damon is kind of just playing Matt Damon. It's nowhere near top-tier Matt Damon performance. And even the mm-hmm. most of the side characters, like you have a lot of big celebrities pop up for like two scenes. Like uh, Jason Sudeikis is in it for a little bit. Neil Patrick yeah. Harris. Um, Kristen Wiig's role is not that large, even though she's playing the wife. You have like Margot Martindale pops up. Like there's a lot of um, well-known names pop up for like one or two scenes, and even they don't leave a huge impression. Like I was excited to see Jason Sudeikis just because I'm a fan of his, and he. Um, I mean, he just he's kind of just there playing a guy. It's there, none of the performances are bad. Like, there was never a point where I was watching it was, oh, this person's like, this person really doesn't have it. Like, they're giving a bad performance here. That, that, that never happens. But it's just no one is really, uh, it's weird because while the structure of the film is like memorably messy, like, you, I, it's, it's interestingly messy. It's how, how much, how big of a mess it is. And the performances are just kind of like, they're just kind of
0: there. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so I can't really comment on it. But so, like, what would you give it sort of out of 10? If you were to put a, a
1: number it's, on it. I, I do feel like I bitched a lot. And I think the first half of the film does work before it sort of starts to lose itself and go off the rails a bit. I don't think it's the abject disaster. Many do. I think it's like it's like a five or a six. Like, I think it's it's a mediocre film. It's interesting mm-hmm. to me. I'm, I am kind of glad it exists and I'm glad he, I'm glad he tried to, to do something different with a higher budget. So he didn't just get like stuck in his ways. I, cause I do think filmmakers can try to play it too safe sometimes and I'm glad yeah. he didn't want to do that. I hope, I hope he takes another swing like this in the future. And I hope this experience, how big this film bombed critically and financially, hope he learns from it and makes something that is just, that just is a little more control.
0: I do want to say it's, almost certainly going to be nominated for Best Picture, so I'm almost certainly going to talk about this more in my upcoming Oscars episode, um, but I might as well talk about it now since it is part of Alexander Payne's filmography. So yeah, I, I, I have seen this one, and it's a... Um, again, as uh, is pretty much the case with every Payne film, it is good, but I don't love it. And I know this is a very like people really fucking like this movie. Like a lot of people, like a lot of people I know who even people I know who aren't like big Alexander Payne fans, like they're all sort of like giving us like seven out of ten. This has been like very well received. You know, know I, I, someone was talking about it like earlier today. Um and they and they basically said like this is probably gonna be their favourite best picture nominee this year. I mean they're not that they haven't seen all the other nominee, but they don't know like they don't they haven't seen like everything that, that could possibly up for Best Picture, and I don't think they've seen all p- potential nominees yet. But they they've said it's gonna be yeah hard for it to be sort of topped for them. But yeah, the holdovers was a very very yeah beloved film. Um, it
1: has his highest scores by far on IMDb and Letterboxd, I believe. Yeah, of Annie Alexander. Um,
0: I know it's in your top ten of last year. And I was it in your top five? I I don't remember. It's, it's number it, two. It's number two. Okay, so it's it's yeah, the only
1: film I Orphans. like more than it is Orphans, Yes.
0: And yeah, I I just didn't. Yeah, I I thought this movie was like fine. I I didn't love it, but I I I do think this is probably some of his best. Some of the best best performances in any of his films, I, I think um, Paul Giamatti. We talked about Paul Giamatti in Sideways, but I did think he was really good in this as well. I think he might be in my personal top five, maybe for actor. Or I,
1: I like this performance more than the Sideways performance, even though like Sideways is one of my favorite films of all time, and I think he's amazing in Sideways. I think this might this is I like this performance a little.
0: Yeah. Um. I, again, I think it's solid and. He's a contender for best actor. Uh, he might win. Which he really might. He he might win. And I, I I mean, this is, I think that would be not a, I, this is going to sound, how, how do I say this? I, I don't think it's a bad performance. He just would not be my choice. I, I think, I think Killian Mer, well, no, Barry Keoghan would be my choice to win, but he's not. He's likely not going to happen, so Killian Murphy of, like, The Contenders is very easily my choice. Although, I haven't seen American Fiction, because that film is literally not out here yet, and I don't fucking yeah, right. understand why. But yeah, I, I like Paul Giamatti. Divine Joe Randolph is the frontrunner to win Supporting Actress, and I, to be honest, I would be surprised if she lost at this she's point. She's good.
1: Like, I'd be, I'd I'd be, be stunned. stunned. I'd, I'd fall out of my chair if she lost at this point.
0: Um, and I do think she is good. She's—I definitely think she's probably my favorite performance in the film. I think she she has a lot of really nice moments to it. I know th- this this film sort of had sort of mild controversies. Cont- I know some people were were saying that it. I don't know how many people, but I, you've definitely told me of of uh, some some people online who said like this film might be racist for some fucking reason. Um, it was completely it was like... baseless.
1: There, it was like it was like Oscar pundits who were trying to make a comparison between this and Green Book for some reason, because it's like it's a heartwarming film that could maybe upset the frontrunner in Best Picture and before it came out. Before anyone had seen it, they were like, "Oh, well, maybe it'll have like problematic racial elements like Green Book," and there was quite literally no reason to think that other than it had an African I mean, I don't character. think
0: Alexander Payne's films really are that problematic, like. Yeah. For for all your feelings on him as a person and the things yeah. that had been said about him, his films never come across as problematic films. So Dominic Sessa, also in this uh, debut, right? This is like he's like a brand new, like he's a newcomer. I, I like cause this is his first film, right?
1: Yeah, I think it is. Like, I might not even be just his first film. I could be wrong on this, but I believe it's his first screen performance. Period.
0: Um, I wasn't particularly blown away by it. Perform- I know a lot of people have been praising his performance, and mm-hmm. I didn't think he was that amazing. I, I, I think it wasn't a, I uh, uh, don't get me wrong. I do not think it is a bad performance. I just think it's a performance where I can tell, like, okay, this guy's not really acted much before, and that's not, not like, no, like, not trying to be insulting or anything, but it's like he's clearly a young actor.
1: And I do love the performance. I get what you mean. There are a couple scenes where I um, where
0: I thought that myself,
1: uh, just a few, but um, I think he nails. At least personally, I think he nails the dramatic, emotional beats in the third act, like in the scene with his dad. In the mental asylum, or whatever that is, and uh, his scenes with uh, where he's telling Paul Giamatti like the truth about like, his dad is not dead. Here's what actually happened with his dad. I enjoy his performance a lot in those things,
0: those scenes. I I felt his performance was a bit too because th- this film very t- to me the film felt it was a very sort of small. But like it felt like it, this was a very subtle film and it was trying to be sort of a bit low key and then I felt like he was going a bit too big for the p- film and I, it just didn't quite work for me and I and I think it is because I think it's and again I can't hold too much against him because this is like the first thing he's ever really done like it's like his first yeah. so I'm not going to 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 say that he's a bad actor and i'm sure and there's like elements where i can say like okay he just needs to sort of refine this a bit more and he can become very great like you know and again he's he's only 21 like he's he's just starting out i'm not going to say he's i'm not going to write him off as a bad actor because i don't think he's even particularly bad i just think i i think also compared to giamatti and randolph he is like, cause they are both very good in this, and he comparatively to them is not as good. But I yeah, again, I don't yeah, dislike the performance or think he's particularly bad, but he, he's he's alright. Um, and I know a lot of people. I mean, we know a lot of people. This film is very like generally people love this film. But the people very who dislike so. it really don't like it. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. The people who dislike this film really do not like this film. Um, and and yeah, we, we both have, we know a few people who think this is like an outright bad film. I I can understand where they're coming from. Like I, I've read, because I don't think this is a bad film, but I can, I've sort of read their reviews and I'm like, okay, I can understand why you would think that. And this film does feel sort of, there's a very sentimental nature to this film and I guess it depends on if you think it's a, um, if the sentimentality is earned or if it's sort of like, it, it's sort of, th- this doesn't quite, I, I, I've sort of had this with films sort of more recently where, okay, about Schmidt, we talked about about Schmidt last week and how that scene at the end is so transparently trying to make you cry and emotional. And I feel like some people do sort of get that from this film. And I do get that. I understand that point that like this film is trying to be like trying to get you emotional. And I don't disagree, but it doesn't I think some of the emotion though does work though.
1: Like some people I can I can very much understand if you watch this film and you just think it's manipulative. And I honestly I think it's really it's his film. Of all the Alexander Payne films, it's the one that you could most call manipulative. It's I think it's the one that is most forthcoming with its sentimentality. Like, it's it's very much wearing it on its sleeve, while something like the Sideways and the Descendants I don't think quite do. And that's mm-hmm. perhaps because he did not write this film at all. This was only written by David Hemmingson, who has not done much work. I think he did an amazing job with this. Well, I could mm-hmm. see someone who doesn't like the film thinking it's manipulative, I didn't really think so. The emotional beats did work for me, and I never felt like I was being manipulated. It is like you said, like, it's going for an emotional reaction, and I can see and tell it is going for an emotional reaction. But I was never like, this feels
0: forced. And I, I don't think it's a, a, a... And I think there's a, some nice ideas at play here. And again, I, I think this is... I feel like I'm just say, repeating the same things, but Alexander Payne really is just this filmmaker where he he he's tackling things and dealing with stuff that I really love the idea of. It's just the 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 way in which it is executed that I am less of a fan of. And I and I don't and I can totally see how this film connects with someone, and I totally understand that. And I think a lot of what this film is is really I I do like this film. Do not get me wrong. I think this is a good solid film but i don't love it and i think it 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 really for me just is again it's very close to just having a great emotional core and 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 yet it doesn't have anything that I truly loved, always was able to fall in love with. Like I I I the performances were good. I thought there were some nice comedy moments, but I just did not fully land for me. Yeah.
1: Um, and that's gonna be the difference between loving it like I do, or just liking it like you do. Where I there were several moments that I can latch onto and be like, I love that. That's one of my favorite moments of the year. Like the Christmas party scene at the um the teacher's house who Paul Giamatti has a bit of a crush on when she's talking to him, and he he thinks he's, like, Paul Giamatti's character, obviously, it's made clear in the film that he's not exactly the most successful in his romantic life. And when um, he thinks he's having this moment with the other teacher, and then she walks away from him for a second, and she kisses her boyfriend or husband or whoever that guy was, and just the facial acting on Paul Giamatti in that moment... As you see his face just drop that sticks in my mind as one of my favorite bits of acting of the whole year. I did like this. This sounds so stupid to say, but it's like my heart almost dropped for him in that moment. Like I just, for whatever reason. And this is, I think ultimately this works as a microcosm of why why I love Alexander Payne so much. He crafts Mm -hmm. these characters that I just connect to. And in minutes of the film is, or, his very best ones within minutes of the film. I'm just in and I feel connected to the characters and just their the arcs of their emotional journeys, I'm feeling it along with them. And that's the difference between loving him or just thinking that he's a talented filmmaker that never quite hits emotionally. And that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with an audience member who is strongly connected to his characters and an audience member who is not. It's really just personal preference. That is why I love this film and so many of his other films, because
0: I do get connected. Yeah, this is also a a Christmas film as well. Like, um, and it does have a. There is a real sort of coziness, sort of the the sort of vibe this film has. It it is a very sort of yeah cozy sort of. It's a very. This is a very crowd pleasing film. You could yeah, you can show this to, to to. anyone and theoretically, like this is the kind of film that anybody could theoretically like like you can't really on a um this isn't a film that's sort of a, this is a very wide sort of spread film in the sense of it can be for anyone it's not sort of which i think is an interesting factor of sort of the other sort of oscary films this year is is this one feels like this can be the this is the one that can connect with people sort of the most, I feel like. Holdovers does sort of seem like... Like, I feel like Alexander Payne in a general sense. He sort of does make generally crowd-pleasing films. Like, he, he his films can sort of be... They're not sort of, like, made for, yeah, like, a specific audience. Like, they're sort of a film you can show basically anyone, and theoretically anyone could enjoy it. It's not a made for, like, a specific audience audience really and uh, sort of in a general sense of his films that is I'm, yeah. and yeah don't get me wrong I don't dislike this film like i i i i sound i always feel like I always feel like I always sound more negative than I am at times i i i, I um I, I just feel like that's how it but I think I expect when i because this I think I whenever a a new I'm always skeptical when a new film comes out and gets just immediate tons of praise like I I always I'm always skeptical because sort of with an old with classics from like the 70s or the the 80s or whatever the 60s or whatever I always am like okay that's been that was a long time ago it's obviously been reevaluated. you know people have this film has been around for a long time, but whenever like a new comes out and is instantly heralded as like a, as an instant classic or whatever, I'm always like sort of a bit skeptical and I'm sort of a bit like, okay, um, you know, and, and I, and I want to like it. Like I, I just, and I think when, well, but when I watch this kind of film that gets so much praise, I do feel slightly disappointed because I'm like, this isn't, you know, everyone is saying, you know, generally everyone is saying this is a great film, this is a masterpiece of a film, and I always am disappointed when it does it when it's not quite to that level. I don't dislike this film. I think this film has a lot of really good stuff. There's some really enjoyable scenes. I, I think it's a very well-made film. It's a very enjoyable film. Um I don't see myself watching it again anytime soon, but I, I don't I, I didn't dislike having to watch. It. I thought there's um and I think you know it's a it's yeah you know, like it is a solid film i want to make that clear it is a solid film and i do like it and i give it a, a very sturdy 7 out of 10
1: yeah it's i can see why because i often am this way too it's easy to be dubious of films that are being hailed as instant classics while something that is a long time ago classic it's had to endure Time and reevaluation, and people still think it's a classic. So I often am dubious too, and I probably would have been more dubious going into this if it wasn't made by Alexander Payne and starring Paul Giamatti. And obviously, he's one of my favorite filmmakers. He's one of my favorite actors. So that did make me go into this a little bit more open-minded and kinder. Though I mean, I do always go in open-minded, but I wasn't quite as like ready to be like, "Oh, prove yourself to me." After it was getting called an instant classic, as I would be, because I just have faith in them. To deliver the goods and I think they delivered the goods here like I'm I'm gonna say I agree with the instant classic claims I'll I can easily see myself watching this every Christmas in the near earth in the future I could see it showing see me showing this to my kids in the future as a um, Christmas classic I think it's um I think it's a great film it's it's in my top three for him for Alexander Payne and it's one of my favorite Christmas
0: movies ever High praise. High praise. So did you put a did, number saw, on it? Sorry.
1: I saw it for the first time in November, and so then I rewatched it in the actual Christmas season, and it hit even harder for me. It's it's my second favorite film of the year. It's my third favorite, Alexander Payne. It's a 10 out of 10. I think it's amazing.
0: So before we, before we wrap up, um, I'm just going to give you a quick ranking of his films, uh, sort of yes. from least good to to, to, to yeah, best good uh so at the bottom about schmidt yeah i I didn't really connect with it personally um then nebraska the holdovers sideways the descendants and election i imagine citizen ruth and downs are probably going to be at the bottom maybe citizen ruth above about schmidt possibly but Mm -hmm. that's just my where i assume i would put those films
1: um, mine would be from obviously from worst to best I have at the bottom Downsizing then I have About Schmidt then I have uh, Citizen Ruth and then Nebraska and then The Descendants and then The Holdovers mm-hmm. then Election and then number one sideways
0: so yeah thank you all for joining us for this week's episode I hope you enjoyed listening though if you didn't listen to part one go listen to that, because if you want to hear more uh, of Zach, then that's another hour and a bit of of Zach talking about Alexander Payne. Yeah, this is the, yeah, an an anniversary episode of this podcast. Uh, Yeah, January 24th, 2021 was when I first launched the podcast. This is episode, I don't know what episode number, episode 142, maybe 143, I don't know, it's uh it's something around that ballpark, or 140-something or other. So, yeah, this is uh, 142, this week's episode. Is. So I hope you all enjoyed, Zach. Anything you want to to say before I wrap up? Anything you want to plug again? Or uh,
1: I'll plug the same things I plugged in the first one. You can follow my letterbox, which is at Zach Ruggiero, just my name. Ruggiero spelled R-U-G-G-I-E-R-O and you can follow the Midnight Critics Circle website to see me and William both review a few films. Uh, I am on there, I predict the Oscars, and those are coming up very soon. And yeah, those are the places where you can find me.
0: Yeah, um, Oscar nominations are literally tonight. Like, they are going to be out, as when we're recording this, so they're going to be out very, very soon. So yeah, I I hope you all enjoyed listening to this week's episode, Zach. You're always welcome back if you want to at some point in the future. And yeah, I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode, and I'll see you all in the next one. Goodbye.